You're listening to the Bethel University Chapel Podcast, recorded from the Everstwar Chapel Fine Arts Center in Mishawaka, Indiana. Thanks for listening. Thank you, thank you. I am just so happy to be here. It's not that I love Bethel University, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, but I just love being with you guys. It's such a sweet presence of the Lord here, and I know his presence is because you're here. I just feel that. So if I, you don't mind, I'm going to also greet you with aloha. aloha. Oh, come on. You can make me feel more warm at home than that. Aloha. aloha. Because aloha means love. And it means hello. It means goodbye. It means a lot of things. But it's actually the breath of God, aloha. So thank you so much. I wanted to talk to you today about something that's been on my heart a lot, because I have almost always been, my whole life long, the biggest chicken that you might ever know. I was so scared of everything. You know, like if my parents went out and they left us at home, I didn't want my hand to go off the bed. You know, just scared of stuff like that. Oh, new school, coming to stand up here and talk to you, all those things. But the Lord has helped me. One of the things he taught me was in Revelation 12, where it says that we have already triumphed over our enemy by the blood of the lamb, past tense, already done, and by the testimony of the saints. They did not love their lives until death. And to think of that, that if we're already the victors, then what do we have to be afraid of? And yet, oh my goodness, I still get scared sometimes. Why is that? Why is it if we are already the winners that it seems like sometimes Satan is the one that's winning? Well, he knows he's defeated. And in that same Revelation 12 passage, it says that he knows his time is short and is filled with fury. He knows that. How many of you are fishermen? I would rather be a catcher woman than a fisherman. I've fished so many times and caught nothing. But in the ocean, it's a bit different. If you go out on a boat, you got a lot more chance of catching something. How many of you know about marlins? Big fish, right? Big, what do you call that? That, that must be a word, I'm sorry. Biology, I did biology and I still don't know. Um, but you know, if you catch a marlin and you gaff it and you bring it into the boat, you think, woo, I'm the winner, I'm the winner. But if you're too close to it, that thing can still Getcha. And it has impaled several people in their limbs, but also in their guts, and it, it can be deadly. Same with snakes. Did you know that? You cut a head off a snake, and up to an hour and a half, they can still bite you and put their poison in you. But kind of when you look at them, they're defeated. Now, I don't know much about baseball, but it seems to me as if you go up and you're behind, but somebody goes up and they hit a grand slam at the end, and it looks like, whoa, you're the winners. You're not the winners yet even though everyone on the home team thinks you are definitely the winners, but the other team, the coach is watching, everyone's watching because you haven't won until you ran the bases, right? So we are the winners, we are the winners, and yet in this world, we have an enemy. So if you don't mind putting that scripture up from 1 Peter 5, we have to be alert and sober-minded. You know, some verses in the Bible, it tells us to wake up 
Wake up, oh sinners. Others tell us you're up, but you're like lying in bed. So arise and shine, for your light has come. But in this one, it's assumed that you're already awake. You're already up. But in that time, you need to be alert and sober-minded. Sober-minded meaning very fixed on a goal. Sober-minded meaning your mind is not hazy because of, or not that I know anything about those things, or that you do it either, but to be alert and sober-minded. Why? Because our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Actually, that's very generous, isn't it, of Peter to say that? Because we know that the family of faith around the world, many of the believers are suffering like we can't believe. Like during COVID, oh my goodness. I had so many friends, their house was so small, they couldn't even quarantine or isolate in their own home, so they would have to go and live on the street or somewhere else. I had so many friends who didn't know what they were gonna eat, where they were gonna get the next meal. And then I talked to my American friends, and they're worried about the COVID weight gain. And I'm like, really? Or one friend wrote, and I did not even believe what she was writing. She said, this pandemic has to end already. I can't get an appointment for my lash extensions. It took me a while first to compute what lash extensions were and then why that would be such an end-of-the-world thing. But we are to be alert and sober-minded in this season right now because we have an enemy who would love to devour us. We have to know what to do, and this is what I've learned. So if you don't mind, I want to share with you. So when the lion roars... He's doing it because that's how he puts out a keep out sign. Do not enter. Stay away. Private property. No trespassing. And those very places where Satan puts out the no trespassing sign are the very places that the Lord has great reward for us. And that's why Satan is so upset. It says that both male and female lions will roar to let you know that you're coming near their territory. Now, the Smithsonian Magazine, not, not, not so helpful, but it does say that if a lion is coming for you, what you ought to do is just stand still. Okay? <laughs> stand still, do not turn your back to the lion, Okay, and usually, it's a mock charge, and usually, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess if you're gonna, if you're a betting girl, you would try to stand firm, but I have a feeling that, for me at least, it would be hard. When Satan runs at us like that and roars, do you know a lion can roar? so that you can hear him from five miles away, eight kilometers. That's crazy far. You can hear him roaring from far away because he can't get near you. You can hear him roaring, but the Bible says that he is like a roaring lion. 
does not say he is a roaring lion. We know who the lion of Judah is. Satan is such a counterfeit. So when he roars at us, it's actually a toothless lion roaring at us because he's already been defeated. Now, I went to Lebanon. I heard the Lord call me to Lebanon. And when I was there, um, we did great things for the Lord. I mean, it was incredible. Out of the hardliner Syrian refugee groups, people were coming and they were saying, the moms were coming and saying, I don't know what you do in that school of yours, which was a school for the refugees, but my son was so mean and angry all the time, and now he is so kind and happy. And she said with tears in her eyes, whatever it is you're teaching him, thank you. Many are coming to love the one we love because actually, Jesus is rather irresistible. I think you found that in your life. He's so attractive that the very things that meant the most to you, that habits you could never break, things you would never give up, when you love him, you just give it all away just so that you can be near him. He's that kind of wonderful savior. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And they're finding that out. But in those very places, when I went to Lebanon, one night I was sleeping, um, I was in a, the home of uh, friends and partners, so I felt very safe. And during the night, I suddenly heard a cry, and I felt a, a, a slap on my legs, uh, and I heard, if you stay here, if you continue to help these people, and there was a list of all the bad things that would happen to me. Now, I woke up, <laughs> as you might imagine, and all I could do, and thank you, worship team, was think of a few songs. One was, he is worthy of it all. You do that to me, he's still worthy. You do that, he, he's still worthy. You take that away, he is still worthy. You kill me, he is still worthy. I will give the testimony that our God is good, he is living, he is loving, he is all you need for salvation. And that testimony will hurl Satan down as the blood of the lamb did because I do not love my life till death. The other way that Satan gets us says that he prowls. He's kind of more obvious when he roars. You know he's right there. But we need to be alert and sober-minded because the other way he comes at us, it's not so obvious. He comes at us. He comes with little things. Oh, I bet your roommate doesn't know about the girl down the hall. You could just tell that little thing. What's a little gossip amongst friends? You hear the Lord say, that other student or that other person or someone that you met in the community, they could really use that $20 that you have in your wallet. And you think, oh, well, what did I eat for lunch? Why am I thinking things like that? But it perhaps is the Lord. 
And these small things, you just think, oh, that's, that's really not much. That might be the enemy prowling, very quietly trying to get in messing with your head, very quietly trying to turn you away from doing great things for God that look like little things. Because so many of the big things that the Lord asks us to do, they start off as very little things. Little seeds, little embryos, little coronaviruses, little things that can become really big for better or for worse. And we don't know the outcome. We only know that the Lord tells us to do things and Satan, he hates that, so he prowls. You know what, in uh, Genesis 4, the Lord says as a warning to Cain, if you don't choose to do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've had sin looking so small like, who would find out if I take an extra creamer that I'm not supposed to? Or who's going to find out if I, um, oh my goodness. So I was at Fort Wayne Bible College, and I cheated on a test. I know. Now, the cheating on the test was bad enough, but of all the, can I say the four-letter word? All the dumb things to do. I cheated in theology, and we were studying sin. <laughs> and so pretty quick, I was in Dr. Wes Gehrig's office apologizing and saying, I'm so sorry. But I knew if, I mean, for him, I kind of felt like that would seem like a little thing. But for me, it was a huge thing, because it was getting in the way of my relationship with God. So many times, rather than roaring like a lion to scare me from doing what God wants me to do, Satan prowls and just says, Oh, really, Sharon? That's not such a big thing. That's why in uh, Genesis 3.1, he's called, uh, the serpent is called the most crafty of all the things that the Lord created. So sneaky, just prowls and looks for opportunities when he can pounce on us. Like, have you seen a house cat going after a bird? They look like they're trying to be invisible, right? And I think that's what Satan does in our lives. When the lion roars, we need to learn to stand firm. We stand firm on Jesus. We stand firm on the anchor of our hope. We stand firm on those things. When the lion comes and prowls and tells us that, oh, nobody will know if you don't obey. That's such a little thing. Don't give Satan a foothold in those times. I wish I were as smart as Jesus. Anyone else? <laughs> like, boy, it just seemed like he could, I mean, he didn't even have his own pocket copy of the scriptures, but he, when Satan came after him, Boom, he just had answers left, right, and center, right? I mean, just the perfect things to say. <sighs> when Satan comes at me, I, 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 I'm really slow. That's why I'm not, I wasn't an ER doc. I was a family doc, because 
ER docs, I would do what I call my snake dance when really scary cases would come in. The, oh my goodness. And then like, all the thoughts went somewhere far, far, far away. I need time to think. But Jesus, he, he could just say back to Satan the exact things from the word of God. What I've learned is this secret. When Satan comes after me, I just remember one thing. One little word shall fell him. And that word, Jesus. Just speaking Jesus into the situation. When that demon came into my room to scare me away from Lebanon, all I could do was say he is worthy and say, Jesus, Jesus. Because even better than standing firm on the rock, even better than standing firm with the anchor, either better than being on or with, is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And to say Jesus, and to know that every demon, every angel up above, all creatures, when they hear the name of Jesus, they fall down and they know they're defeated. Do we know that we are the victors with that same kind of confidence, that same kind of knowing in your knower? That just the name of Jesus being high and lifted up is greater than anything that could scare you ever. And that old prowling lion, as um, the message puts it in Colossians 3.12, at the cross, his sham authority, the authority over all the territories of the world, was revealed and he was marched ashamed and naked as the big loser. He's such a liar. He pretends he's a lion and he's not. He pretends he has authority and he doesn't. He pretends that he is more powerful and he's not. How much is little enough? I'm not talking about me. If I were to give you a glass of water, is 90% pure enough for you to say, oh, thank you? And I, it's only 10% sewage water. Well, maybe not, right? But I bet 99% is good enough, right? And just 1% sewage water? That, you know, that's, I mean, come on. That's a lot of clean water right there. You know, most religions of the world, that's how they determine their relationship with God, if the good outweighs the bad. But our holy God, with thoughts of us that are so much grander than our thoughts of ourselves, says, no, no, I want you to be holy as I'm holy. I want you to be perfect as I'm perfect. I want you to be alert and sober-minded and when the enemy comes like a roaring lion or prowling like the devil, that you would stand firm, that you would resist. Resist him. 
Resist that gossiping. Resist the little things of cheating. Resist those things um, that make you less like Jesus. The only thing that you flee from is youthful passions and sexual immorality. At those times, please don't try to resist. Just flee. But in all the other cases, when you resist, Satan flees. Did you know that the eyes of the Lord are looking? He's looking. He's always looking. When I was a kid, I thought he was looking like some bored Santa. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been good or bad. Be good for goodness sake. And I would just be like, oh, he's always watching. But now I know he's watching, one, to see who he can help who is calling out the name of Jesus in their time of need. And he's looking for the one whose heart is fully devoted to him as he found David, a man after his own heart, a woman after his own heart. And when I look at you, I think, don't be a chicken. Rise up. Realize who God is calling you to be. Be alert and sober-minded. And know that you are the victors. And Satan ought to be afraid of you, and you not afraid of him. Won't you join me in the great adventure? God is calling us all to things, and some seem so small, but none of them are in his kingdom considered small. And some things seem so scary, but we are the victors. And again, Satan ought to be scared of us instead of we afraid of him. Would you mind if I pray for you? Lord, thank you that there is no God like our God. The one who was in little David that caused him to run towards the giant because he knew that in the name of the Lord, he was coming. And we come in your name now and we ask, Help us with our hearts that are prone to wander. Help us with our thoughts that are not always alert or sober-minded. Help us to defeat the schemes of the devil in our life, whether they be the big roaring ones that scare us from doing your will or the little things that make our lives unfit for your service. We ask this, Lord, not because we want to be bigwigs in your kingdom, not because we want to be better than others, not because we think we can, but because we want to fulfill all that you have for us. We want to seek first your kingdom and glory. We want so much to be like Jesus, and we ask in his mighty name, amen. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Sharon. Thanks for listening to the Bethel University Chapel Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and get more information at chapel.bethelluniversity.edu or check us out on the iTunes Store by searching for Bethel University Chapel.